This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Morning, everybody. Grab a seat. How are you? Are you really that bad? Come on. How are you? Yeah, there you go. It's, uh, boy, I tell you what. Welcome to week number three of Not a Fan. Are you having a good time and Not a Fan? Are you getting challenged a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we are. I have a confession to make as a pastor. I have never in my whole life had a pattern of meeting with God three times a day. I've had a pretty good pattern of meeting with Him once a day, but I am really enjoying the three times a day as we work through this. Is this, is this good for you? Yeah, it's been great for me. Did you enjoy singing a hymn to Jesus this week? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I thought it was great to pull out a chair and, and, and sing to him. I have a song. We never sing it here because it comes way out of my background. But it's my favorite song in the whole world. And it's the one that moves me the most. And it's an old hymn from my background called My Jesus, I Love Thee. It was just fun for me to sing that to him. And I'd never done that before. I mean, I had, but I was always in a big group. It's a little different when it's just you and him, just me and him. So I want to welcome you along. For those of you who are brand new to New Life, you're jumping into, so it's sort of at the beginning, we have a 12-week journey through this thing called Not a Fan, and, and um, boy, for those of you who are brand new, one of the things you need to know about our church, first of all, is welcome. We are so glad you're here. I don't care if you're just passing through town. God has a reason for you being here today, and I just pray that you don't miss it. This could be the day that changes your life forever. I hope and pray that it is, no matter who you are, because I've got some really good news for you, and it's not really my news, it's Jesus' news for you. And I'm super excited to be able to share it with all of us this morning. So for those of you who are brand new, welcome to some good news. We're going to haul that out in just a minute. But here's a couple of things that if you live around here and you're thinking about and you're looking for a church home, here's a couple of things that you should know about our church. Our, the backbone of our church is a thing called life groups. These are small groups of people, 8 to 12 people that meet during the week once, and we always work on some aspect of, of how God designed life to be. And we take it straight from the Bible, and we are in the middle of a 12-week-long journey as a whole church called Not a Fan, and we're learning the difference between being a fan of Jesus and being a follower, and it's got some great insights and challenges, and so we want to welcome you along on that journey. So I want to say to you, even if you're here for the first time this morning, um, please consider joining one of our life groups because you meet new people and, and you have this wonderful opportunity to take this journey together. Uh, and it's just great, and it will actually change your life. Let me introduce you to a couple of other things. For those of you who are brand new, if you're here all the time, you already know this stuff, but two pieces of paper I want you to pull out of your program and they are the long skinny card and the half sheet of notes. The half sheet of notes is to guide you through what I'm going to teach 
here over the next 30 minutes or so. And that long skinny card on the front side, there's a place for your contact information. I want you to put your contact information in there because in the back side, it gives you the opportunity to connect directly with our staff. If you have something going on in your life you want us to pray about, we will pray for you. And uh, we pray for uh, hundreds of people every single week. We will pray for you. It gives you the opportunity to request information about our church. And probably most importantly for this morning, it's going to give you the opportunity to respond personally to what I'm going to teach. So uh, you can put your contact information in there. And as we move through the service, you can fill out the back side. At the end of the service, we will collect those, so you can just set them aside for now. Okay, see if you can finish this statement. I know your parents taught you this, because all parents somewhere come out of the same hopper, all right? If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. You know, I, I want to start with the concept of an anyone offer. Because you and I get bombarded by anyone offers all the time. Anyone can buy a car from us, right? Yeah. Yeah, as long as your credit is at a, is at a certain rate or you're willing to pay out the wazoo, one or the other. We get all these, in fact, virtually every commercial has within it somewhere an anyone message. It, right now, Toyota has an ad going that shows this unbelievably beautiful model that steps out of a car and you're being tempted by Satan. And the deal is, if you, do you want the car and everything that comes with it? And the idea, the subliminal message of that commercial is, anyone who buys this car gets the woman. Right? It's just everywhere. Now, here's the problem with an anyone message. It doesn't really mean anyone. And we get so used to hearing this sort of anyone message, that, and, and we know it's all hyperbole and it's exaggeration and there's fine print and there's all these qualifiers and caveats and all that kind of stuff, that, that we get numb to it. This morning I was driving to the building and it was early in the morning. And there was a very dense fog between our house and this building. And as I was driving through that dense fog, it just reminded me of what it's like sometimes when we hear the message of Jesus. And the message of Jesus is so clear. And yet because of all the other stuff that's gone on around us, and, and of all the words that he used that other people borrow and misrepresent and misuse and leverage to their own advantage, it creates sort of a fog and a mist around what Jesus has said, and we get, we get numb to it, and it doesn't do anything for us. It doesn't mean anything to us because the message has been polluted. Well, this morning, we're going to take this any one offer that Jesus gives, and we're just going to cut through the fog and the mist, and we're going to look at four wonderful things it means. So let's go straight to the passage of Scripture, and by now, if you're part of our, our not-a-fan life groups, you're learning this passage very clearly. It's, it's, it's in Luke chapter 9. Here's what Jesus said. He, that is Jesus, said to the crowd, 
Listen, he didn't say this to a select group of individuals that he had hand-selected. He said it to whom? The crowd. That's everyone. If any of you, and, and just circle or underline any of you, if any of you or anyone wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. That is the deal. That's Jesus' anyone offer. And when he uses that concept of anyone, there are four huge inclusions that he wants us to get, and I hope to be able to break them out for us this morning. Let's start with the first thing that that word anyone means. Anyone means anyone. Now, what you have to understand is the culture that Jesus delivered that message in. It was, a, it was a Jewish culture, and in the Jewish culture, they had a label for their teachers. They were called rabbis. Now, their teachers didn't sit in a classroom and all their students come to school. Their teachers were more like what we might picture a guru, Except instead of sitting in a cave somewhere and everyone comes and sits around the feet of the guru, they actually went wherever their rabbi went. And, the, and he taught them as he went. They were, are you ready for a big long, here's a new word for your vocabulary, are you ready? They were peripatetic teachers. Yeah, you feel impressed, right? Yeah. Okay, it means that they talked as they went. And you learned from them as they went through life. And so in the Jewish culture, every rabbi had his followers, and his followers or students were called Talmud, usually spelled T-A-L-M-I-D. So this morning, I'm going to illustrate what Jesus is talking about every time through the concept of the rabbi and all of his Talmuds who followed him, because that's how their culture worked. And so Jesus is saying to them, anyone who wants to be part of my Talmud can be. Now that was a revolutionary message because rabbis were always judged by their Talmud. Okay? So rabbis were very, very selective about who they would invite to become part of their Talmud. Not just anyone. You couldn't just go up to a rabbi and say, okay, dude, I'm with you. What are we doing? Because you wouldn't get in. Who would say, let me see your credentials. What sort of education do you have? From what sort of an institution? What synagogue school did you go to? What kind of marks did you get at that synagogue school? Because a rabbi was always judged by the qualifications of the Talmud that followed him. And of course, the more impressive the qualifications for each of these guys back here, the more impressive the rabbi was. Now, Jesus came onto the scene, and man, did he set that whole system on its ear. Because Jesus came onto the scene, and what he said was, anyone can join my Talmud. They didn't get it. So he went down to the beach one day, 
along the edge of the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two ordinary fishermen who were fishing, and he said to them, Hey, guys, why don't you leave those nets alone and come and join my Talmud? And they looked at him, and they said, What? <laughs> we, we can be part of somebody's Talmud? Yeah, wow, this is cool. And the Bible says they dropped their nets and they went and followed him. And he went a little further down the shore and he found two other guys. And he said, hey, you guys want to come and join my Talmud? And they had the same response. We? <laughs> We're cursing fishermen. We can be somebody, part of somebody's Talmud? See, in the Jewish culture, the highest thing was to be a rabbi. And right underneath the rabbi was to be in the Talmud of, of, of a great rabbi. So he dropped everything, and they followed him. And the whole, the, <laughs> the town was like, what kind of a rabbi is that? But Jesus was just getting started. Because it wasn't very long after that. Look what Jesus did. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew. By the way, what book of the Bible is this found in? You understand? Did you know of the four Gospels, this is the only one who records this? Matthew doesn't want you to miss his story. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth. Well, friends, listen. I, I have struggled for years to find something in our culture that would be the equivalent of a tax collector in their culture in terms of disdain, in terms of reprehensible behavior, in terms of without principle, and the best I can come up with. Are you ready for this? He was like a mafia dawn. Got it? No principle, would kill you if he needed to, would take anything he could get from you, and would not think twice about it. Had sold out, completely sold out. So here is Matthew, the tax collector, the mafia dude, sitting at his tax collecting booth, and Jesus walked up to him and said, Hey, you want to be part of my Talmud? Matthew goes, <laughs> I get to be in somebody's Talmud? Do you know who you're? Do you see what I'm doing? Jesus goes, Yeah. Because anyone means what? Anyone. Yeah. Take a look at this video. When Jesus said to Matthew, follow me, he was making it clear that his invitation to follow is not just for the religious elite or for the morally upright, for those who have their lives together. His invitation is for all of us who are hiding some stains. Jesus said, anyone who would come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Anyone. Anyone is a pretty inclusive word. Anyone can follow Jesus. Anyone who's ever thought to themselves, I've gone too far, my stain is too big. Anyone who's ever laid awake at night and said, I can't believe what I've done. Anyone who's ever looked in the mirror and said to themselves, I can't believe what I've become. Anyone can follow. 
you're going to learn when you go to your life group this week the whole context of stain. So I'm not going to touch that this morning. But I want you to know this. And here's the substatement. There are no caveats to Jesus' offer, period. When I said to you earlier this morning, this could be the day that changes your life. It can and will be if you decide to accept Jesus at his offer. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But I want you to know right now, Jesus doesn't care who you are, what you've done. He is saying, if you want to be part of my town meet, if you want to jump in line and follow me, if you want your life to be forever changed, if you want your eternity to be forever changed, and if you want to step into the life that God has always had for you, and it's the very best life you could ever have, it's right there for you. Because when Jesus says anyone, anyone means what? Anyone. There's another little inclu big inclusion in this, and it's got a little surprise in it. Because anyone not only means anyone, anyone actually means everyone. There's this funny little thing about us as human beings and that is, we love that anyone means anyone. We, we love that part because it means that we can get in no matter what. But once we're in, we'd sure like for anyone not to mean everyone. Yeah. Now that I have moved to Petaluma, let's put a zero growth initiative in. I don't mean to touch on political issues. I'm just illustrating a point. I saw a bumper sticker one time, and it said this. Everyone who votes for abortion does so after they're born. It really caused me to think. Yeah, and, and no efficient, I mean, no, certainly no offense meant to anyone who voted on the Zero Growth Initiative or anyone who's actually had an abortion here. I'm not, I'm not about that. I, I, just, I just want you to know, we have this little thing about us as human beings that we like the anyone means anyone part, but not necessarily the anyone means everyone part. And Jesus wants us to know, anyone not only means anyone, anyone means everyone, because take a look at what happens next. Matthew chapter 9, Jesus says to Matthew, hey, you want to be part of my Talmud? And Matthew goes, I can quit working for the mafia, and I can become a follower of a rabbi. I'm in. Here's the next couple of verses. So later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with a few dozen of Matthew's closest friends, who happened to be tax collectors and disreputable sinners. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to the other members of Jesus' Talmud, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, those first four fishermen, and a whole bunch of other people, they said, why does your teacher eat with such scum? You know, and, and we know that the others sort of went back to Jesus and said, what's up with this? One of the things that I've been amazed at over the years, and I just want to speak to your heart, but one of the things that I've been amazed at over the last 15 years since this church got started, 
is just the amazing way that God will reach out and touch the life of a person, no matter who they are and no matter what their sin is, will touch their heart and their life and change them and make them into a beautiful wonderful and wonderful person. But somewhere along the line, they, they, they have to fight the tendency to be critical and judge other people. Because they love the idea that the anyone part let them in. But when other people come along who sort of fit into the category of anyone, um, are we sure we want those people in our church? Shake your head like this. Yeah. Because anyone doesn't just mean anyone. Anyone actually means what? Everyone. I want you to hear this clearly. The, Jesus never intended for the church to be a display of righteous relics. The church is a reclamation project or operation for all kinds of sinners. Let me give you an example. If someone comes to me and says, Pastor, I just think you need to know, you got somebody in your church and they dropped the F-bomb on me. That's not how Jesus would have you talk. But you know something? If you're finding your way to Christ, you still belong here. Jesus won't leave you that way, but he takes you that way. Is everybody on board with that? You understand what that means? That in our church, we have people who are just fresh and they're just finding the way to Christ. And they got all sorts of problems in their life. And if you hang around them very long, you will be offended by something that they do. Because that's what sinners do. But they are in the process of being reclaimed. Just the other day, I was driving down the road, and right beside me was a guy with his pickup, and behind his pickup was a car trailer, and on the car trailer was a miserable pile of rust. It was an old, early 1950s pickup that had been parked out in somebody's field for decades. But I knew what that guy was going to do with that. He was going to take that miserable rust bucket home, and he was going to start loving on that rust bucket. And he was going to start sanding out the rust. And he was going to start welding in new panels where new panels needed to be welded in. He was going to blend it together. He was going to pull out that miserable motor that probably hadn't been turned over in decades. And he was going to replace it with a brand new motor. And friends, if you were to come back in a year or two and look at that miserable pile of rust, what, it would, what would it look like? You would see it down here in some car show. In the church, there are some people who got rust all over them because Jesus just found them. And then there are people who have had the rust sanded off of them, but they've got coats of primer and stuff on them because they're partway through the reclamation project. And you know something? Jesus just keeps moving us along the line. Because that's how church is. Anyone not only means anyone, anyone means everyone. 
There's a third big inclusion in that offer that Jesus makes about anyone, and that's this. Anyone also means no excuses. The first part of this is all great news because it means we're in, right? If we want to be, we're in. But I want you to know something. When Jesus said anyone, there's a huge little thing that he sort of throws back at you and me. Because here's our tendency. Look at this. Luke chapter 9. Somebody that Jesus was teaching, somebody in the crowd said, Yes, Lord, I will follow you. What's the next word? I want to know what your butt is with Jesus. I know, that's not a very correct way to say that in church. But you won't forget it, will you? Yeah. I will follow you, but. How would you complete that? What part of, it, of your life is it that Jesus wants to get a hold of, but. You're not ready to release that yet. I will follow you, except for this, or except for that. Or I will follow you, except for, does it mean I have to do this or that? Oh, you know, I, I prayed very hard for those of us in our audience this morning who are not yet Christian. Because there's something that stands between us and Jesus. It might be something big. It might be something somebody did. It might be something that somebody said. It might be something somebody did to us. It might be some Christian family that lived next to us that just lived terrible. And, and we're like, man, I, whatever it is they got, I don't want it. I, 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 I don't know what your life experience is. But I want you to know this. Jesus removed all qualifications in the process of you becoming a follower of his. And because you don't have to meet any qualifications, you don't have to, only, I only accept people with a certain amount of rust on them. You understand? If there are no qualifications, then there are no excuses. Because here's the thing. Jesus removed all of our qualifications but he did not remove the choice factor. That one is on you and me. No one can go through this life and say, I would have followed Jesus, but I couldn't get in. No, you could have. It's a truly anyone offer. It's a truly everyone offer. So when we come to the end of our life, we have no excuse for not following Jesus, period. Because it's a truly anyone, everyone offer. And Jesus wants, to, wants us to know that. If he removed all prior qualifications, then he actually left us no excuses. And the last thing is this. The last really big inclusion is this. It's an anyone offer, but it's also an everything offer. Okay? Let me show you how this works. If you were playing poker, what Jesus is saying is anyone can be part of my Talmud except I only accept one amount of chips. 
And you know what it is? All of them. Whatever you got. You got to risk all your chips with me. Now here's how this usually worked with the rabbi. Because we get used to teachers and students and the teacher has sort of a school building and the, and the students come to the school building and I was telling you that that's not how it worked with the rabbi and the Talmud. So here's how it worked. If you wanted to be part of Jesus' Talmud, Jesus would say, okay, um, it's time to go to the store. And so Jesus would go to the store and you would just go to the store with him. And when he got to the check stand and it was time for him to pay, you stood in line behind him and, and you watched him pay. And then as you walked out the door, he would say, now let me teach you about that. And he would teach you something that he learned while he was in Safeway. And then he would say, okay, now I got to go to the hospital and I got to visit someone. So the Talmud would go with him to the hospital and they would visit someone. And then as they were leaving the hospital, Jesus would explain to them why he said what he said and what they could learn. And everybody in his Talmud would learn not only about life, but how to visit someone in the hospital. And the deal was that the rabbi was continually um, transporting or transferring his life, his lifestyle, his information to this whole group of people back here so they could become like him. That was the deal. Luke chapter 9, the first verse we read, Jesus says, if any of you wants to follow me, you must turn from your selfish ways and then what does he say next? Read it from your notes. What does he say next? Take up your what? Jesus said, you want to be in my Talmud? Here's where we go. You and I will come right over here. And the first thing I want to teach you about is this. I wish, just for one moment, you and I could understand what that meant to those Jewish people. That to them was the equivalent of a hangman's noose or an electric chair. Jesus said, you got to come, take up your hangman's noose and follow me. Friends, when he said all in, he meant all in. Why would Jesus say that? Because Jesus knows something about you and he knows something about me that we don't know about ourselves or often are unaware of about ourselves. And that is there are two sides or two natures that reside within us. And one of them is dominant and it's not the best part of us that usually is dominant. Our default setting, if you just go through life and you just keep hitting the return button and you do whatever comes naturally to you, you don't end up with the right stuff in life because those default settings have been skewed by sin. Let me see if I can illustrate this through a chart. Take a look. On the left side is what I think I want. And what I think I want is wealth. Would you agree with that? Of course you would, or you would lie. <laughs> okay? 
Everybody in our world wants to be wealthy, and that's what we think we want, because what does wealth bring us? Take a look at what wealth brings us. It brings us gratification. If I had a ton of money, I could buy whatever I want to buy. I was channel surfing the other night and landed on this thing called World of Watches. And the guy who was running this World of Watches thing said, you ask me what kind of watch I would want? He said, I still dream about it. I want a Philip Abood watch. I'm thinking, what's a Philip Abood watch? He said their price just went up to $1.6 million. Have you ever wanted a $1.6 million watch? Nope. That's wacky. But you know something? We all got wacky stuff we want. And we all think if we just had a little more money, we could get it. Because what we think we want is gratification. Listen, you know what your soul cries out for? That's what your flesh cries out for. Your soul actually cries out for character. Deep inside the heart of, of, of every single person, it beats for character. We actually want character because this is what character brings us. Character brings us real satisfaction. You see, when you have to choose between gratification and satisfaction, which one's better? Satisfaction always because gratification just leads to another thing you want. Okay? On the left side, what we think we want is power. Because what we think we get with power is a little thing called control. You know anyone who has control issues? If you're breathing, you got them. Okay? But what we actually really want, and what our soul cries out for, is not power, it's strength. And what does strength bring us? Strength brings us this thing called trust. So that I don't have to be in control, I can actually trust God. And I don't have to be in control, I can actually trust my boss at work. I don't have to be in control, I can actually trust my friends. Because when I learn how to trust, I, I end up with this thing called strength that's unshakable. On the left side, what we think we want is really fame. Why? Because... Fame, we think, brings us this thing of being served. When I'm famous, I get the VIP treatment. And believe me, VIP treatment does not mean serving others, does it? No, it means I get to be served. That's what we think we want. But what our soul really cries out for, and what we really want, is purpose. And when we find out what our purpose is, it's always some form of serving others. There was no one who was born just to be served. On the left side, what we think we want is pride. That's the real issue. And you know the, the interesting thing about pride is you could take everything up above it and you can scrunch it all the way down into this one. They're all just different aspects of pride. But what's the thing about pride? We think that the greatest thing that could happen to us in life 
is to be envied. Where instead of the world saying, I want to be like Mike, wouldn't it be great if the whole world said, I want to be like Ron? Yeah. Not so much. Okay? Because pride wants to be envied. Listen, what your soul cries out for is humility. And you just don't know it. Because you know what humility brings with it? Being respected. And friends, if you have to choose between being envied and being respected, which is better? Being respected by far. Now listen. Boil us all down into this. On the left side, what you think you want is religion. Something that will make you feel good. Then you can sort of check off your list. But on the right side, what your soul really cries out for is Jesus. It's not religion. It's Jesus. Now you ready for the final kicker? Here it is. On the left side is everything about being a fan. And on the right side is everything about being a follower. It's why Jesus continually calls us not to be, calls us not to be fans. Because you can be proud and go to church. You can be wealthy and go to church. You can, be, you can have control issues and go to church. You can go to church and why don't they sing the kind of songs I like? Okay. Mr. or Miss Famous. No. You can do all that stuff and have religion. But once you step in line behind Jesus, Jesus says, right this way. You know the person that wants to be wealthy? That, that, not that wealth is bad. God may make you wealthy, but not because that's what your heart's desire is. That person that wants to be served, that person that wants to be in control, that person, my friend, has to die. Because the closing truth is this. In order to live as a follower, i got to die as a fan. So you have it in your notes. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. I took my trip to the cross. And in fact, Paul says, I take my trip daily. Because that person that you, that you crucified yesterday, guess what? When you wake up in the morning, they wake up too. Right? Yeah. It's not a one and done thing. It's a daily thing. That's why Jesus said, you have to take up your cross. What's the next word? Daily. And follow me. And friends, can I tell you, if you're willing to die, man, do you get to live. You get in on Jesus' any one offer. You get in on Jesus' every one offer. You get in with Jesus and his eternal life offer. You get in with Jesus and you find all the stuff that your soul really longs for and cries out for. And you end up living this life and you like to get up on Monday, and you like to get up on Tuesday, and you like to get up on Wednesday, and you can't wait to see what God's going to do in your life because you're actually living that just exhilarating life that God has always had for you. So there are three ways that we can apply this. The first is this. It would be good for us to identify somebody or several somebodies. And I'm sorry, I should have 
put in capital letters, underlined, highlighted, whatever else, the word not. Okay? Somebody I am not drawn to. Now, if you come up and you start giving me big hugs and say, Pastor, you're on my list. I know. I'm not one of the people you're drawn to. All right? Okay? But what I want you to do is practice this week and be honest with yourself and, and, and identify who that group is or, or who that person is. Could be at your work, could be in your home, could be at church, could be on the roadways, it could be in the store, wherever. And I want you to intentionally love and make it an effort to include them. Because anyone means anyone and everyone. Secondly, most of us probably need to crucify a specific area of our life where we have been a fan and not a follower. Let God identify that for you. Let him call it out in you and make this the week that you take that part of you to the cross and you kill it. And you say, I'm done with that. And then last of all, if you've never made the decision to get in the Talmud, to get behind Jesus, say, I'm not just going to go to church, I'm going to become a follower of Jesus for the rest of my life. Make that decision today. you got no excuses, because Jesus takes anyone, and he takes everyone. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray for my friends. Oh, Jesus, thank you so much that you love all of us to the point that you, you were willing to say, I know how all the other rabbis do it, but I'm not doing it that way. I'm throwing my towel meat open to anyone because I love them all. Lord, today, would you work in our lives that we could identify that person or those, that group of people? that we tend to hold at arm's length and we sort of shiver on the inside when we think about them, and that you would give us grace to include them and to love on them. And would you grow us through that process so that we could be more and more like you, so that even for us, anyone could mean anyone, and it could mean everyone. And then, Lord, would you call out in us, those parts of our life that are not yet fully aligned with you. We, we readily acknowledge we are in the reclamation process. And Lord, we're asking this week that this would be a big week in that process. And that you would either knock a chunk of rust off of us or that you would paint up a whole section of us with your goodness and your grace, and that you would change us, and we could let go of that, and we would crucify it and let go of it so you could make it new. Then, Lord, for those of us who are not yet Christians, would you give us grace to say today, right now, just like Matthew got up and followed you right now, we're going to get up and follow you. I pray it in your name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.